Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. G-A-L-D-E-M-G-A-L-D-E-M This song is good. Welcome to another season of Growing Up with Galden. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name is Charlie. I'm the editor-in-chief at Galden. We're an award-winning company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and the creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. I'm Nati Kasimbala. I'm a writer and former editor and long-time contributor at Gaudem. Each week we invite guests to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up With Gaudem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on Growing Up Galdem, we are joined by The Receipts, a collective of women hailing from London, Tolly T, a journalist, Milena, a singer-songwriter, and Audrey, a PA. Brutally honest and side-splittingly funny, each episode of The Receipts covers anything and everything from hilarious tales of petty crimes on holiday to the more thought-provoking subjects of interracial dating and absent fathers. The Receipts have a new book coming out in July called Keep the Receipts. It brings together rioters and unflinching discussions between the three women and you should all cop a copy. Amazing. So we are so excited to have you guys with us. I made the confession that you're the first podcast I ever listened to. So no pressure for this interview. And then I figured that the best place to start is probably with the exciting news that you announced a couple months ago, which is your book you are authoresses, oh. as, well, as, as Maya from Girlfriends would say. So yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? And then we'll get into your extracts, which are amazing. 
we are very excited to be authoresses. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. We're very excited to be authoresses. Yeah, do you know what? It kind of felt like a nice next stage. We've been doing the podcast for like five years now. Actually, no, Melinda had dreams of writing a book one day. I can't say I did. I'll be yeah. honest. I can't say the book was the dream. But I'm actually really, really excited about it. I think we've... I'm very proud of what we've written and what we've done and how we set it out. And I hopefully it will be a book that people can like drop and pick up at like different stages of their life and reflect to it. And it will just keep them company. That's the hope. Yeah, that's lovely. Keeping them company throughout their woes and their highs. Exactly. <laughs> and Audrey, I know that you held back a little in some places in the book, like you've created a PG version. Can you tell us about why you made that choice? Yeah, definitely. My sister called me the other day and she was like, oh, you know, all panicky. Are mummy and daddy going to be able to read the book? And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, they can. Because when I was writing, it was kind of like a conscious thing to make it PG so that everybody, so that my family could have it as well. Because a lot of the time they want to listen to the podcast and I don't really want them to hear about my sex life <laughs> and about me doing this and doing that. And I'm really graphic on audio because I think it just comes more natural. But writing, like, I feel like you're a bit more conscious about what you're writing about. So it was mainly so that my family and friends could like be proud of it and so that my mum could show it off to her friends and not have to worry about me giving head, talking about giving head and etc. <laughs> so. Do you know what? There was a bit yeah. where I actually write about giving head. Not actually, like, I don't give instructions or anything, but I think I write, <laughs> I write the words giving head. How to guide. <laughs> and that's what the book is about, how to give head. But I did read it back. I was like, oh, that sounds quite graphic. But I would say it so naturally and not think anything of it. But on when it's written, it feels more like in print. So I talk about me giving head imprint. That happens. Incredible. I definitely read back through some paragraphs and I was like, wow, Melena Sanchez, can you calm down, please? <laughs> like, no, 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 I'm going to take this out because even though my mom can't read it in English, I know she's going to have a friend around there that's going to read it to her. And she's going to be <laughs> yeah. like, what's happening here? Yeah. But sure. I'm excited to read the girls' parts as well because we haven't read each other's. Yeah, which I find so, so really interesting that. that you guys haven't like read each other's bits yet. Like, it's going to be a nice surprise to see how they all kind of meld together like in one go. But Milena, I'd love to kick off with your extract, which is a Facebook status from 2014. So how old would you have been then? I was 22. And I remember it was like one of the, one of the shortest statuses that I had written because I treated Facebook like my diary. So I used to love writing diaries. I still do up to this day. And when Facebook came around, it was like 2008 that I got my profile. I was in college, I think. And I was like, right, this is like my new diary and everybody gets to read my thoughts. And I just loved it. So this one in particular, I was 22 years old. It was the 18th of August, 2014. And I had just found out I was pregnant like an hour prior to writing. And I was like, and what do you do? You go straight on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> readers must know. <laughs> right. No, but at this point, nobody knew. Only me and my partner at the time knew. So I was like, let me write a really short status because... I was going through a lot emotionally. There was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of where do I go? What do I do? Because at that precise moment, I was halfway through doing an album and just about to be signed by a major record label. So I was really at like a crossroads with figuring out my life. So I had written, if it's placed in your path, it's because you're strong enough to deal with it. I was talking to myself. One. And two, I wanted it to be like, I wanted people to really be <laughs> I wanted people to be like, what's wrong? What's happening? No one's <laughs> I was like, damn, I have to go through this on my own. But I really kind of wrote that for me because it was like, I was really, really scared because I didn't know what 
other path I could go down apart from music. I didn't know anything about podcasting. I don't think podcasting was really a thing. Yeah, I was 22 years of age. I was still living with my mum. And in my head, I wanted to have my career, marriage, and then settle down and have a child. So being 22 in a position that I was in and having my dreams so close to me, it kind of felt like motherhood was such a beautiful thing, but it was stripping me from what I had worked so hard for. So yeah, that was my status in 2014. You mentioned before as well that you also found another status in your searches that was about you talking about young mums. And then you were kind of having that like, if only you knew. <laughs> I don't know why I moment. thought I was above young mums. Wait, were you cussing at young mums? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine, I'm like, three years later, bitch. God said, your turn. Surprise. <laughs> God said, here you go. Since yeah. you're talking about them so much. No, I think it was, obviously, I was just very ignorant to the fact that, you know, life happens. And I was very much so, like I said, career, marriage, and baby. And because I had been with my partner at that point, like five, six years, I was in a long-term thing that was never going to end, guys. Mm. <laughs> that shit ended, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so, like that. Yeah, it really, really does. And yeah, I just remember speaking about, you know, like mums losing themselves and not focusing on careers and stuff like that. Really talking from a place where I had no fucking idea, the audacity, yeah. really, because now I'm thinking it's so hard. Like you have to sacrifice so much to follow your dreams and to be a parent and the guilt that comes with it is a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, you said that you kind of used it as a diary and that like it was also, I guess, almost like a call for support and for help. Were you able to speak to anyone beyond your partner in the days kind of following this, like your mum or any close friends and seek their advice and, you know? Yeah, so his mum helped me a lot. She was the first person that found out, I called her crying and she was so excited for us. My boyfriend at the time, he was really excited to be fair. And there was no kind of conversation around whether we were gonna have the baby or not. But obviously I felt like I was torn in between the two because of my career. But having her by my side was absolutely amazing. And she really just sat me down and said, you know, you have to think about what it is that you actually want and where you are in life at the moment. I told my mum and she told my whole family. I was just like, <laughs> give me a second. Like, can I just focus on what I'm trying to do right now? Uh, I remember telling my sister, my sister's my best friend, but at that point she would have been 14. Our relationship only really started to become like adulty. She was going through puberty and into boys and whatever. So I was like, I'm pregnant, you know. And I had just come out of the shower and had been crying because it was an emotional roller coaster, you know, amongst all the hormones I was going through. And she was like, you're lying. I was like, no, I swear to you, I'm pregnant. She was like, I'm going to punch you in your belly then. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she was like, wanted to like test me basically. And I was like, mm. girl, I'm actually really pregnant. And I had her support as well, as much as she could support me being at that age. But I kind of feel like with my friends and with my family, I... I really had time to sit down and figure it all out. And I know I had made the right decision, even though I was so confused in terms of what that looked like for me with my music career. Yeah. So that I guess that was my next question, actually. Obviously, you mentioned that you were just about to sort of sign with this major label. And did you sort of tell them and, and what was their response? I think telling my music manager that had invested so much time and money into me was one of the scariest conversations that I had because it was like, you felt like you was letting people down 
it was so bittersweet because you're letting somebody down, but then also you're like embarking on this new journey. And it's like, I almost couldn't even enjoy it. So yeah, it was really, really difficult. And it hurt him a lot. It hurt him a lot. But I mean, he's my daughter's godfather now. So he's really, really happy. And he's super amazing as well. But yeah, I kind of felt like with music, the moment you have a child, you're placed in this Hey, mom's this like singer that never made it. And I was just like, no, like, why did this happen right now? But okay, it's happening. I've just got to figure out my shit. And then the podcast came along a year later. Mm. Yeah. I to ask, I guess you talked about keeping your career going and keeping your life happening around becoming a mother. And I guess from that point and after the podcast started to happen and everything was kicking off, is that something that you still felt like you had to balance? And was it a struggle? Was it something you feel like you've mastered? All of that. Yeah, it definitely was a struggle and has been a struggle. And I think it will always continue to be a struggle, but it really, really does take a village to raise a child. And I'm so grateful for her dad uh, for being amazing. I'm grateful for my family and his family that give me that constant support because I don't think I could have done it without them. I couldn't have. There's no way. Like, and my sister's absolutely amazing. I've got like built-in bases. <laughs> Very convenient. Amazing, Manana. Thank you for sharing that with us. Audrey, you also have a Facebook status, which I would love On to quite a read different it. level. Yeah, very I, different yeah. level. I knew that I was going to find some crud if I went through my Facebook <laughs> because I used to talk so much smack on Facebook back in the day. And lo and behold, I did. I found this is something that I wrote, just a status that I wrote in 2009. Again, no one asked me, but I was always giving unsolicited <laughs> advice. To this day. So this is what I said. When you first get into a relationship, you make out like you never call because you're not a stalker. Shave your legs, wear matching underwear every day, and you're liberal about female friends. Then one minute past, you want to be my girlfriend, you unleash the beast. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? What a load of fucking bullshit. Um, did, did you yeah. lie, though? <laughs> do you know what the lie? But do you know what? In every bit of BS, even a broken clock is wrong twice a day, they say, right? So even amongst that, there was some gems. However, I just feel like... When I was going through my statuses, I realised I was really quite cocky on Facebook. And just, yeah, no. But this thing that I said, I mean, there is some truth to it. There is some truth to it. But I just, I don't like the way I phrased it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> were you a teenager? It was in 2009, so you were a teenager. No, I wish. No, I was still grown, unfortunately. I was, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was grown enough to know better. I was 23. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it was 12 years ago, I was 23. Because I used to be a pick-me, so this was definitely in my pick-me days. And I was one of those people that, because I had a boyfriend, I thought I knew everything. I was one of those people. So those are the worst kind of women in the world. And I was definitely <laughs> that. And I was that person. Were you like so a serial monogamist this... or anything? Were you like in long-term relationships or were you just more dating? I had, no, I had a hoe phase and then I became a serial monogamous person. So I'd always been in long-term relationships, but I did have a, a good couple of years where, to go back to the status, I unleashed the beast, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a different kind yeah, of beast. Yes, yeah, so I was a bit of both. I was a bit of both. Would you say that that was like one of your tactics at the time? Was it a bit of like, put on a show, do everything that's necessary to secure? Yeah. And then kind yeah, of definitely. show your true colours afterwards? Yeah, definitely. And that still rings true today. Like... I'm still that person. Like, I can be quite performative in the beginning because I want to reel them in. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I think that the reason this was wrong is because 
again, I was just always inflicting it on other people. I think whatever you choose to do for yourself, just do it behind closed doors. You don't need to push it onto other people. So that's the problem that I had with myself. Because this isn't this was just one of many sort of statuses around this sort of topic. The theme, yeah, the theme was con the theme was consistent. The theme was consistent. But yeah, I, I still live by that. Yeah, exactly. I still live by that to some extent. I was gonna say second book idea should be Facebook statuses by all of you. Oh my god. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. No, I cannot that one <laughs> That one, no, it's too embarrassing. <laughs> I was committed to Facebook as well. I'll do every challenge going, I'll do a list. Whatever the challenge was, I was there for it. I still am, you know, I can't <laughs> lie. I do love a little Facebook. Keep everyone updated in Colombia. <laughs> Yesterday I went on Facebook and I didn't know how to use it. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> like, I literally didn't know how to use it. I was like, it's changed so it much. Has changed. It has changed. I was like, what do I do here? Yeah. I mean, we're obviously part of the generation who grew up on Facebook, right? And like, now we've got TikTok. But what comes after TikTok? Like, what is going to be the next big, like, clubhouse that's had its day, it's gone. Where are the teenagers of today going to be, like, embarrassing themselves and looking back on in, like, 10 years? It will definitely be TikToks. I think they'll yes. look back at the TikToks they made in about 20 years time and 100%. be like, what, what was I doing dancing on the internet? What was I, like, like, what was I actually doing sort of thing? And I think because we're the first generation to really grow up with the internet. So all of our mistakes are there. Like every stupid yeah. thing we thought and said is all on there because we are the, we thought it was our diaries. And initially, mm. I honestly thought it was just for my mates. I didn't think like random people could see it. It was just for my 80 something mates. Mm. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Audrey, just to go back to this idea of the beast, like, what is your specific beast look like would you say <laughs> do you know what's sad i would say that when i said that like the beast is probably just me just being my authentic self like as oh, in my authentic yeah. authentic self which is a great self but like in all of its entirety it can be like a lot so i probably i meant stuff like letting them see you like without makeup and stuff like that like, that's like something that i wouldn't do necessarily like too early on or just being like fighting around them or talking about doing a number two, that sort of thing. Like sleeping with your headscarf on. Like that's all stuff that I would never have done in the beginning of a relationship back then. So that's what Unleashing the Beast looked like to me. Like just giving you me and all of my glory. Yeah. So it's just like all yeah. the ways in which like women are conditioned to not like, yeah, not be authentic, right? And Exactly. And I feel like it's like one of the best things about the Receipts podcast is that kind of like unveiling of all of these things that we all deal with or experience or go through that sometimes we don't allow men to see or we think it's not attractive or it's not like okay to talk about. So when you say that you still feel like you do a bit of that kind of like pre-game versus unleash the beast, it shocks me a bit because I feel like part of Receipts' beauty is that it kind of just like allows the beast to just reign free in in the public space. Yeah. No, and that's very true. That's very true. I just think that when I'm talking on the podcast, I'm definitely being my authentic self. I'm being true. I'm being Mm. real. But when I'm in a relationship, I still have these things ingrained in me. Like, I'm trying to unlearn it slowly but surely, but it's hard to unlearn something that's been ingrained in you your whole life. And especially because I'm older, I'm 35, so I've had it in me for longer, you know? So, yeah, it's a process. And it's hard when people you're dating on your level in that in terms of like unsubscribing from that stuff, right? Because you can oh, be like, exactly. oh, I, I want to yep. wear no makeup, I want to do whatever. But if all the guys are still on that wave and half of the female population is also doing the same thing, then who wins in that occasion? Exactly. Yeah. That's such a good point, Natty, actually. I think I was like at a friend's birthday like a few years ago. And I think someone was literally just talking about like pubic hair. And it was like a group of guys and they were like, ha ha ha, pubic hair. And I was just, you know, obviously <laughs> with my friends, I'm just like, whatever, like get your pubes out. It's fine. It's all good. But in front of them, I was like, oh yeah, pubic hair. Like, hair's <laughs> oh disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, never. <laughs> <laughs> you don't shave your pubes? Like. <laughs> But yeah, no, so I, I totally hear that. So Tolly, I'm looking forward to hearing your extract, which I know is going to make you cringe. I Please hate read it. it for us. <laughs> okay, I've changed. I'm a better writer. <laughs> I'm a better person. Okay, so this extract is from when I had a blog called Short Skirts and High Heels on WordPress, of course, because where else do you have blogs? So I've like titled this blog post, High Maintenance. But let, wait, let me give a bit of a background story. So I mentioned this at the start. And to be fair, I don't even think I like the guy as much as I, I do now. A guy I'd known had written up a blog post about how he loved low-maintenance women and how he thought high-maintenance women were, like, not great. And I was like, no, actually, I don't agree with that. So I wrote this. And I ended it with this paragraph. It reads, 
By being high maintenance, I'm not emotionally needy, nor do I think I'm a princess. I know I'm a princess. I don't even think I'm Beyonce, although I'm an avid fan of the motto, never let a guy treat you anything less than Beyonce. It just means I expect a guy to put his best foot forward. I expect him to acknowledge my value and pay premium fee in forms of effort, time and commitment. And in return, I will play my role, supply the goods and pay his premium rates. Okay, and then I end it with these two amazing sentences. I can rest easy knowing that my mum will enjoy because my bride price will be high. In case you were wondering, the bride price app found me a premium babe status. Flicks weave. Love, Tony. XOXO. XOXO, Tony. Oh, God. Tolly, Tolly, so, Tolly. How does it feel to read it back? Awful, even though I still stand by what this Tolly was saying. But the thing is, I really don't agree with Bride Feist now. I think Bride Feist is quite disgusting, even in terms of like traditionally. And I'm on a documentary talking about how much I disagree with Bride Feist last oh, year. And no. then there's this, I just remembered that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> there was a BBC um, documentary, me slating the idea of Bride Feist, and here I am. For any of our <laughs> listeners who might not know what Bride Feist is, could you explain just briefly? Yeah, sure. So I'll say in terms of my culture. So I'm Nigerian and traditionally, Men, when they want to marry you, will give your family a bunch of goods, money and all of that before they are allowed to marry you. And depending on how educated you are, how good looking you are, where you rank in your household is depending how much stuff you actually get. So the less educated you are, the less stuff you get. The less pretty you're deemed, the less things you get. Yeah, so there is like there is a ranking of who you're meant to be in order to get that much stuff. So I considered Whoa. myself then clearly a premium babe. I, I had a degree. <laughs> All I had was a degree. Everybody else in the world had a degree. And I just thought I was a legend for that degree, that degree alone. Yeah, so that's what bad advice is. I didn't know that it included your looks. Is there like a different check boxes or what's, how, who decides that? I mean, a lot of it is definitely deemed on really disgusting tropes of what's attractive. Like, <laughs> that's basically definitely what it's like deep rooted in. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, and also traditionally as well, in, like if you're Yoruba, you have an engagement party, like when you're a traditional engagement. And in the engagement, you get like, you see all the gifts that this person has bought for you and your family. So it includes gold. Your family write the list of all the things that they want. It includes gold, includes nice lace, includes food. And then they give you an option to pick a Bible. And they tell you, you have to pick one, all these gifts of a Bible. And the trick is, oh, the trick no. is, <laughs> you pick the Bible because then it means you get everything. But if you, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's everybody like knows, no <laughs> exactly. So everybody knows you're like, of course it's the Bible. They're like, oh, look, you get it all. <laughs> so it's all of that. So why do you think you were thinking about like yourself as being high maintenance? Like who told you you were high maintenance growing up or, you know? Do you know what? I think I'm reading this now. And this was like, I, this was in 2014. And I think I was probably like, new, no, 13. I was newly single. And I think in that relationship, I was consistently told I complain too much or I want too much, even though I don't think I was asking for anything that was out of this world. We were both like youths in this relationship. So it wasn't like I was like, you know, buy me the world. But I just wanted like time and kindness and niceness. And it was like, oh, you're always complaining sort of thing. So I think before I'd come out of it thinking, actually, no, that's not a bad thing. I don't have to be a cool girl. Like I realised that I'm not a cool girl and that's okay. It's okay to expect certain qualities from a human being that was going to be around you call you their girlfriend and sleep with you like give, give me something back yeah and I think we it would be interesting to know how you feel like you've grown from that now in terms of 
you consider, do you still consider yourself high maintenance and how do you kind of navigate that in today's modern dating scene? So I've changed the word. I don't think the word is high maintenance anymore. I think I just expect normal things that everybody should expect. I don't think effort, time and commitment is like, whoa, there, buddy. That's too that's much to ask for. And I think that's what it, what it is. It's definitely not high maintenance. It's just having, it's boundaries, it's standards. It's just things that you expect from yourself because of how you treat yourself. So people should mirror that. So I will take off the title, but I still stand by this. And I think I have got princess syndrome a little bit. I'll be honest. <laughs> There's honestly nothing wrong with that. Just, just a little bit. Just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> just, just a little <laughs> just bit. Just a touch, yeah. Just a touch You know, what? I like, I actually enjoy being around friends who've got princess syndrome. Like, I quite enjoy it. I like, I'm, I wouldn't necessarily say that I would call myself a princess, but like, hanging out with princesses is good because you reap the benefits that they're bringing in for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, just exactly. nice. It rubs yeah. off yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah for sure. the thing about having princess syndrome is that you have an audacity. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's That's a certain it. audacity that That's you it. think you are, but yes, yeah, so I, I, I <laughs> and I like having audacity. I like yeah. being like, yes, why, why don't I deserve it? Why not? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to move into the final part of the podcast, and we've got a couple of questions for you guys. So maybe I'll start with you, Milena. Like, what advice do you think you would give to your younger self who was writing that Facebook status? wanted a hug or wanted some advice but couldn't exactly articulate what you were going through what do you think you'd say to her I would literally say to myself you know as cliche as it is but like you're going to be okay you're going to figure it out like things will literally fall into place for you and I know that in hindsight that is so easy to say but um, especially when you're going through those moments you know I don't feel like there is anything you can say to really like settle somebody but yeah do you know what I needed I just needed that I just needed a hug and I needed somebody to tell me that I was going to be fine and that I was making the right decision and then maybe to all three of you what do you think your younger selves would think about where you are now and you know you've been running a successful podcast for five years you've got a book coming out you're all doing your own bit so that's in music journalism etc etc maybe oh my god my younger (laughs) self would love me so much right now I think for her, I talk about her in that space as well. And I, and I do that often and my therapist um, pulls me up on it. Because it's, it is a thing where it's like, I've just, I kind of place the younger self as another person. And I think for her, I think she would love me mainly because it's like, I am slowly become all of the old women that I really looked up to. Like I had so many black women that I'd be like, oh my God, they're so amazing. They dress well, they have their own thing, they're independent, they have a great job, they have fun as well. They seem like normal people you can chat to. I've got a list of women that I've always thought like that. And I'm slowly with growth, with, you know, putting myself first and being kind to myself and looking after myself, I am becoming a version of that. And I'm becoming my version of that. And I think younger me will get a kick out of knowing that that's her. Like, wow, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I did think, it for yourself. I think that's sick for her to be like, wow, is that us, yeah? And I, I love that for us. <laughs> yeah, my younger self would be like screaming that we had been on billboards. Mm. Like, girl, I knew you was oh. going to be up on there because the Taina soundtrack. I was like, you can see yes. my name in lights. <laughs> and then we're on billboards all over across London. So yeah, I think she would definitely be proud. And I think my teenage self would be... Yeah, really touched that I was able to give my child a life that I felt like I wasn't able to have. That's gorgeous. How about you, Audrey? My younger self, she's still in a state of shock, so I have to wake (laughs) her up and just be like, wake up, sis. Um, No, she is, because honestly, I didn't think I hadn't... Not that I didn't have any expectations for my life, but I thought that my life was going to be pretty textbook. I thought I was going to get married, 
just do my nine to five, have children. And I was at peace with that. When I was in like my early 20s, I think, I was at peace with that that, that was what my life was going to look like and that I just wanted to be like happily married and have the family and have all of that. I never really like thought about career. Like career was almost like secondary. It was like a byproduct of whatever my life in the forefront was going to be. And so the fact that I'm doing all this really, really cool, exciting stuff. Also, my younger self would be proud that I'm inspiring other people that might think like me, you know, like being able to inspire the younger generation. It sounds so funny, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> like the younger generation, but just people. The, that, the youths. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, youth. the youths of today and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm joking. But no, but on being able to inspire people and being able to bring joy to people's lives, like, and getting paid for it. Like, that's a privilege and a half, you know? Yeah, no, my younger self is pretty, she's shocked and surprised. She's like, damn, we didn't, this wasn't the plan, <laughs> sis, but we're here, you know? So yeah, but she's happy for me, I'm happy for me, and we move. Yeah, I think that's all we have time for, but thank you so much, guys. It's been great. We love everything you guys do, and like you said, you're inspiring a generation of people literally by being yourselves. Is there a more noble mission than that? (laughs) Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Can't wait to read the book. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you so much. You know, I was actually quite like starstruck having (laughs) the receipts on the podcast. (laughs) I was going to say that. But um, in terms of what they spoke about, it was nice just like having that like more sort of quick yeah. fresh insights yeah. into their small little um extracts but the one that's going to stay with me obviously is tolly t's and <laughs> and um her high maintenance low maintenance kind of dilemma honestly i kind of wish you read the whole thing because it's such a journey <laughs> she goes on like references beyonce like three times it's you know true to form but yeah i agree i think it was like it's nice to as i, I think i said as well like it's i love the extracts that people bring that kind of make them just like completely uncomfortable because I think mm-hmm. you have some really interesting conversations when you've grown so much from the person that you were and Facebook statuses are the perfect mine of that kind of content so yeah it was fun I mean, it, again it's inspired me to go and look at my own Facebook statuses and praise the lord that I can't be cancelled because I don't exist <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and then obviously it was lovely hearing from Milena just about her journey into motherhood mm. you know I'm sure it's something that she's spoken about a wee bit before but like you know just hearing it from the horse's mouth is yeah. wonderful and just the like that rawness of like her putting that status up just like an hour after she'd found out she was pregnant yeah. like wow yeah I mean yeah I think social media obviously has so many different drawbacks but I think it has a really special ability to capture like such knee-jerk or like instant reactions to to things that go on in our life and you almost have to like be your own archaeologist and like track back you know like oh what was that what's actually happening that day and like why did I post that that really strange thing but when you get the story right it's it can lead to some really interesting findings and yeah, I think it's just so interesting to see how full circle she's come in terms of, you know, mm. literally being like, I don't want to be a young mom, And then it happening mm. to her at a really crucial point in her life. And then it all actually paying off in the end in a way that she, I'm sure, couldn't have even envisaged. And Audrey's just great as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just her, amazing. her journey from being a, from being a pick me. 
as she put it. <laughs> yeah, Honestly. It was, it was to amazing. Well. And I think, like I said as well, like the fact that she's, in a real way, she unleashed the beast on like a public platform and the fact that she's like such a loved person in like black British community shows that, you know, there's definitely beauty in that too. And you don't have yeah. to kind of hide that side of yourself in order to be deemed worthy. Yeah, 100%. 100%. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can sign up to become a member at gal-dem.com for access to exclusive discounts with our favourite brands and partners, early access to tickets for Galdem events, an advanced copy of our annual print issue, and so much more. Make sure you're following us on all major social media platforms at Galdemzine for the latest independent journalism or visit our website, which is gal-dem.com. Galdem has a book, I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. It's available in all good bookstores or online. If you loved this episode of Growing Up with Galdem, be sure to subscribe, rate and leave a review. We'll catch you on the next episode. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 